0: Log Talk Radio. I hear you calling. I hear you
1: calling. this time I'm here I'm going. I'm going. i Well, good morning, friends, and happy new year. We are back after our extensive holiday break. Where (laughs) did everyone go? It's been so long. It's been so lonely. Uh, Welcome to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRozier, and my amazing co-host,
2: Cross DeRozier, and Ryan Broom, and a special appearance from Pongo DeRozier, our dog.
1: (laughs) Pongo's in the room. We'll see if he can behave himself. He's trying to convince me that he can be a very good pit bull and very quiet, and he is typically pretty quiet. So we'll see if he can stay. All right, guys. Well, you know the drill. We have to start out with our commercials first, so we're going to give those a go, and I will see you in about three minutes. We all know that times are tough, and things are really expensive right now, so why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes it's still great quality food but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it and leave that to marty.com now if you want to save a little extra today you can get twenty dollars off your first order by going to our facebook group for dynamic word bible studies and picking up a discount code there so check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light and to save some money on your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out marty.com.
0: Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias, but they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say so. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media.
1: All right guys, well welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. Uh, we're gonna hop right into Bible study today. Super excited about our topic and um the Lord is moving, so let's start out with some prayer. Lord God, thank
2: you for this day. Thank you for everything you did for us.
1: Things that we thank you.
2: <laughs> I always do this dinner prayer, it's like always the same thing. Uh, so this is my major response to say thank you for the food for Um uh, let's hope that this show runs smoothly, and uh, that the Lord of God blesses every viewer's heart as well as
1: all the host's heart. In his name, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that was a good prayer, and I mean, I guess he did provide food anyway. Right. I mean, <laughs> not particularly right in this second, but he did provide the food. Guys, how was your your uh, break? Did you enjoy a little bit of reprieve and? Yeah, it was very nice. Very nice to have a little break, but we're happy to be back, right? Yeah. Everybody's excited. So um, today we're actually going to talk about being secure in our salvation, and I think that that's really, really an important topic, Uh, so much so that I can honestly say I've I've had that discussion with more than one person for certain, you know what I mean? Like we we have – there's been lots of times where I've, I've had opportunity to talk to people, and, and a big question on our mind, especially after we mess up, is how do I know for sure, for sure that I'm safe So we're going to talk about that in context of Romans, and we're going to start, if you have your Bible and you're going to be following along with us, we're going to start picking up Romans 8, and we're going to start in verse 9, and we're going to read through verse 17. So, as is our custom, I will just go ahead and start reading Scripture aloud, and then we'll move on from there. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, and if heirs of God, oh, sorry, if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. That's kind of a mouthful, okay? Um, and, uh Basically, what we're going to talk about is that we can feel confident and secure in our salvation and our future because of what Jesus did for us and because of what God has given us. Okay, did you guys pick that up in there? Yes. Super cool. Okay, so the big question is how can I know for sure, for sure that I'm saved, and that my future is safe with God? Um, this is a struggle that does good Is As old as the Christian faith itself, in fact, John Wesley famously struggled with this question of having certainty in his own salvation. And we all know. Isn't he the guy that wrote Children's Progress? John Wesley, no. John Budwin.
2: Ah, so So many Johns.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, John Wesley uh, was founder of a uh, very famous uh, Christian faith movement, uh, the Methodist Church, I believe. Ah if I remember correctly. <laughs> Someone will tell me if I'm wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so he, he was uh, very, very much into um, keeping good practices in Christian faith, which is interesting because we're actually going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, so anyway, he famously struggled with the question of having certainty in his own salvation. And I think that we've all kind of struggled to feel secure in our salvation when we fall short of God's glory in major ways. Does anybody in this room experience that? Okay, if they can't see you, raise your hand, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you ever get to a place where you're like, oh, man, I just did, oh, there's my dog yawning. Um <laughs> Oh, man, I just did this thing or that thing, and I failed in this way or that way.
0: Does we God, are
1: worms. Right, we are worms. Does God even still love me? Right, like you know, I don't love myself right now. How can yeah. God love me? <laughs> right, right, right. And I think I think it's really just a normal thing to struggle that way, isn't it? Um, and so I think it's just part of that Christian experience that we do struggle this way. Um, sometimes we walk in victory, but other times we walk in the flesh, or the flesh or temptations or. Old habits just make us question our walk and our future with God. Um, I'm going to turn off notifications here because I don't want anything to happen to the broadcast because it happens sometimes. Y'all just don't know. It's um, hard to remember that God loves us, redeemed us, and makes us new. Um, anybody Certain reasons why it's so difficult for us to remember that? Can you repeat the question one more time? Why can it be so hard that God to remember that God loves us, redeemed us, and is making us new? Um, I can't speak
3: for everyone, but you know me. I, I, hold myself guiltiest of all people. So it's like, but if you only knew what I did,
1: or even what I thought,
3: or even what I thought, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, um, because. I know I'm a Christian, I know I'm saved, but I also am very much aware of just how human I am, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, you know, I really don't deserve this, and if you knew what I did, you would agree with me too. Sure, sure, sure. But that's just not how it works, and it's that constant battle of, you know what you did, and being like, yes, but I still have Christ, and he is my shield, like, God doesn't see me. He sees him in me, right. if that makes sense.
1: Right. And, 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 and um, I would say this, even, is that I think it's a hard struggle because as Christians, we think to ourselves that we um, be, become perfected um, as a Christian because Christ is perfect. And Christ is perfect, but we're in the process of being perfected by Christ. And so daily uh, reality just keeps smacking us in the face because we don't just stop sinning because we love Jesus. Uh, We're going to have times where we struggle and we backslide, we fall. Uh, We fall short of God's glory. And it can be really very difficult to acknowledge um, a reality, a spiritual reality that we can't see, touch, taste, or feel above the circumstances that we are fully entrenched with our senses in our flesh, uh, that can be really, really challenging for us. Uh, we still live in our mortal flesh, and we still sin, and circumstances continue to show us evidence of our past and present that have yet to be renewed. It can be so hard to remember that God, heaven, and the spiritual realm is an eternal truth, and that our current circumstances that we can see and experience are just temporary. It's almost like we're players on a stage right now, and we're working within this this scene that has been set for us, but eventually the scene is going to fold and go away. And what's going to remain is the reality of heaven and the new Jerusalem and the new world and, and uh, God and our, our spiritual relationship with him in the spiritual realm, which exists eternally. Um, but our circumstances just seem so much bigger right now because we're in them um it, it's almost as if we're players in a play, but we've forgotten that we're a player, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it can be a very, very diffi- difficult experience for us.
2: Also, players in a play are called actors.
1: Yes, that's true. Act- we're like actors in a play. We've forgotten that we're just actors. Um, we've gotten so into our role that we forget that there's an outside world that exists, right? hmm Um, so John Wesley also sought to know that his salvation was sure and secure and he called this confidence blessed assurance. There's, there's even a song written about blessed assurance, right? Um, so we can have this too. Let's look back at verse nine, which is kind of where we started. And it says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ, it does not belong to him. So what is it that assures us that God is coming after us? It's that Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit is kind of like the seal of the king, okay? Um, Remember in the ancient world, if the king put his seal from his signet ring on a law or decree, what was it? It was final. It was final. It was irreversible. Does that make sense? Irreversible.
2: I think that was in, it was in Babylon.
1: It was in Babylon. It was actually in a lot of the ancient um, countries. Um, you see a similar dynamic of this in Daniel with Daniel and the lion's den and the king has put out this decree. And it's, in
2: Esther is the Persian king.
1: That is actually the story that I wanted to cite. Um, you see in Esther 312 um, that the king puts his, his seal on the law which is, is the law that is um, supposed to be the death nail to the Jewish nation there right and, and in fact even in the end he couldn't undo the law because it possessed his seal so instead they wrote a secondary law that all the Jewish people could stand up and fight against their neighbors and defend themselves um, and so very few people decided to uprise against the Jews because they were no longer helpless uh, so Likewise, the Holy Spirit is God's seal on our adoption into his family. Now, let's check this out because I don't want you to think that I'm just claiming this pretty randomly because it does kind of seem a little bit like, oh, okay, I'm just going to use this illustration. Um, but if we look at 2 Corinthians, verse, or sorry, chapter 1, verse 21 through 22. That's a lot of twos and ones in that. Um, got me a little confused there. Let's turn there real quick. Oh, I've got it written in here. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Okay, so we've got the Holy Spirit in our hearts. That's our guarantee, whatever that means, right? Okay. Um, Now, because of the Holy Spirit, we can be sure that God has not forsaken us. Remember Jesus on the cross? Uh, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's when the Holy Spirit leaves. When he's baptized, the Holy Spirit descends upon him, and he's indwelled with the Holy Spirit. When he cries this out, this is when the Holy Spirit's left him. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, So we can be certain because the Holy Spirit still dwells in us that we have not been forsaken uh, by God. That's his holy seal on us, that we belong to him. Um, and so we can be 100% sure that Jesus is coming back for us. Why? Okay. So if you look at 2 Timothy 2:11 through 13, that one we actually need to look up because that was kind of long, so I didn't write that in.
2: 2
1: Timothy, we're looking it up right now, guys, 2:11 11 through 13. Did you want to read it out for us? Okay. She doesn't have her glasses on, so she's covering her bad eye. This
3: is a trustworthy. <laughs> oh, I love this one. <laughs> I had a whole journey with this chapter. Okay. Uh, this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we all we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we die, if we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he
1: cannot deny who he is. Okay. And other translations sometimes will say he cannot deny himself. Okay. So, because if we have the Holy Spirit, he can't deny He can't us. deny himself. He can't deny himself. If we have the Holy Spirit, then he's left I, – I, I don't want to say he's left a, a piece of him with us because he hasn't. He's left the fullness of him with us. Okay. Which is like a whole other concept, uh, which we'll go over. But basically – we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit within Him, within us, and so He won't leave us behind because to do so would mean denying Himself. It would mean rejecting Himself, and He can't do that. Mm-hmm. That would be like um, me looking at my pinky finger and saying, "I don't really like my pinky, pinky finger. I'm going to deny its existence on my hand." I mean, I mean, you could. It's kind you could, that. but it's stupid. It doesn't work, right? Okay, so so this is not a thing. So. So he's uh, not going to deny himself. And as long as the presence of the Holy Spirit is with you, it means that Jesus will be coming back for you. Praise God. Yay! That's pretty awesome, right? Um, So what does that mean for us practically? Like, okay, great. So I can feel pretty assured that God hasn't disowned me, at least not today, right? Mm -hmm. Still have the Holy Spirit. Um, It means that we can be, um, can you look up John 4, 1 through 3? Um, It means that we can be secure in our redemption. I don't want to bemoan this and continue because really this entire teaching has been that we're secure in our redemption, right? So we've gone over a lot of that content, but let's just pull up this verse real quick so that we can add it. Do you want to read that one for us? Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that
3: he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. That was very much not the verse that I
1: thought that was. Um, I was a little confused, but I was was trusting you. She's going to roll with that. (laughs) I'm not sure which verse that was supposed to be. I'll try to look it up later. When I find it, I'll put it in the comments for our blog post. Sorry about that. But we can be... Secure in our redemption it's probably either first or second, John, or did you want to like kind of scour around real quick in the I mean I can't in the sure numbers what you're looking for um well, it will say something about being secure in our redemption for sure, so um I probably wasn't that far off. I probably just missed a the number there, so um, you know what? maybe I missed the number in the second bit, so anyway, um. Basically, the entire point of it is that we know for sure that we can be secure in our foundation. We know that God still cares about us and loves us. Oh, I, I know where I missed the number. Okay, so it was John 4, 1, through 3. I have it written down here correctly. Oh, my dyslexia. No, no, I, I, for, actually no, it was 14.3. John 14.3. 14.1 uh, through 3. So it says, starting John 14.1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. And where I am, you may also be. So, um, so that's Jesus Himself. He's He's letting us know
2: mm-hmm.
1: that we're going where He's going. If If you look at it kind of like this,
3: the Holy Spirit is like our engagement ring. Okay. Um, where we we wear the ring, like as as fiancés and fiancées, we wear our engagement rings, saying like, I I'm going to be married to this person um, kind of thing. It's a symbol, a segment. It's also like I am taken kind of thing almost. Um, and in Jewish culture, the the groom would go and prepare a house, like he's going to build a structure, a building, um, your new home. But then when it was done, the groom would come to the bride's home and say, hey, I've completed the house. I have come back for you. Now is the time to get the things done, kind of thing. Right. And I I don't remember what came after. I don't remember if it was like sneaking out the window or I don't know
1: anything beyond so, that point. So um, In Jewish culture, the, the groom would actually have a wedding party that would come with him. That's right. And the bride would have her wedding party and they would be sitting, waiting, literally waiting for these months. Um, just as the time grew near, they would all just stay together and wait for the approach of the bridegroom. Um So, what- so you just got married like right then and there. Yeah, yeah, because everybody was ready. Everybody was waiting in anticipation for mm-hmm. it. Imagine wearing the same wedding dress every day, waiting. So, so here's the here's the visual: is that we're supposed to be waiting for the bridegroom in that same anticipation waiting for the day of his return, because he's saying he went to go and prepare a place. Now, another thing that's really interesting in, in Hebrew culture that makes this parallel work is that uh, when you were engaged, when you became a fiancé, you right. fiance, a weird word, <laughs> you were considered married under Hebrew culture. Um but the physical act of becoming one, if you know what I mean, has not happened yet, but you are considered married from the time that you're engaged on. And so likewise, if, if we're using the Holy Spirit to illustrate that ring that we've been given, that seal that we've been given, uh, we're, we're already in some ways one with Christ. But not physically yet. We still dwell in the flesh Mm -hmm. until his return. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because God's at work today. None of that that was in the notes, y'all. None of that was in the notes. We just, you know, we just talk. And uh, Lord moves through my daughter. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So another thing is that we can be secure in our family. Uh, we say that we belong to God, but he doesn't mean in this way of like a servant or a possession. We belong to God as his children in the same way that we belong to a family. Uh, John eight thirty five 35 says, uh, the slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains in the house forever. As God's children, we um, resemble, we, we begin to, okay, so hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me rewind for a minute, okay, because here's the concept, okay? You guys are my children, right? And you bear some resemblance to me. You bear a physical resemblance to me. I don't know. You bear a lot of physical resemblance to your dad, Cross. Okay, um, but you're his child, and you bear a physical resemblance to him. You're going to bear some physical resemblance to me. Um, we have a family culture, right? So you're going to bear some resemblance to the way that we all act. We're all a little goofy, and we all love Jesus. And so there's going to be those those things that you know, maybe if somebody knows me or your dad well, um, there might be a crowd of, of, in your case, teenagers or, in your case, young adults out there. And maybe somebody be able to look in the crowd, and if they know one of us well, they might be able to spot you as my oh, kid. Oh, it's so creepy.
3: <laughs> I, 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 I work in public settings, <laughs> and I have had so many people come up to me and being like, hey, you're such and such daughter. And I'm like, yes. And they try to go in for a hug. I'm like, I do not know you. Do not touch.
1: <laughs> because you bear a resemblance to your mom, right? Well, I bear and, a resemblance to you. And I talk about you a lot. All Very the time. I'm so glad that
3: you are proud of me and wanting to yeah. share me with proud your of friends. all of you guys. But, um,
1: but yeah, so the point is that even if somebody didn't know you, maybe they could look into a crowd of five or six, uh, you know, of your peers and Bought my kid because you bear a resemblance to me. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? And likewise, as God's children, we start to bear a resemblance Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. We start to seem more like him. We start to think more like him. We start to act more like him because we're in his presence and in his family. We can actually start glowing. Right. Moses was glowing, right? So was other people.
3: Like in the New Testament, there was – Jesus, yeah, but I mean, like, Even. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, the further back you go in, where, like, Jesus is gone, and everybody's doing their own thing, like, some of them start glowing,
1: like, fish. <laughs> like, they glow. It's so, it's a thing. It it is, it is, It is a thing. I, I will give you that. I haven't I
3: glowed... met someone that was glowing. Oh, really? Tell yeah. me about this. Oh, it was so whack. I was at an IHOP. Uh And this dude comes in, and at first I thought, like, oh, it's the window, you know? Like, he's just, like, sitting in just the right spot. But it was like, nah, dude, he be glowing. And, like, everyone else was super chill. They didn't notice it. And so when I come up, I'm like, hey, what's
1: up with this? And they're like, oh, we just came back from a mission trip. I was like, ah! Right. Yes! (laughs) Right, You you could literally... Um, likely with spiritual eyes, right? You can literally see this presence of God on his countenance, mm-hmm. right? Okay. It was so whack. I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so we got, we get to bear resemblance, maybe not necessarily um, a glowing resemblance, but maybe, like who knows, like who knows. But uh, we, we start to become more and more like our Father in Heaven. <laughs> she says i'm so shiny if you're going to sing you need to do it loud enough for the whole world to hear us nice. <laughs> um let's see here we become secure in our future and our present um in this world it can be super scary at times uh and the anticipation of our lives ending can make it even more fearful yeah um like And and let me be honest, like, I'm in a place in life where I've become the adultiest adult in the room. It's super uncomfortable and not cool. So, like, this is kind of that reality that we have. Um, It it is kind of a scary place to be. Um, But we have within us the fullness of God and his power. This is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and it will do the same for us. There is no junior version of the Holy Spirit, not a junior version of the Holy Spirit for ladies, not a junior version of the Holy Spirit for kids. Like God in his fullness, in his power, in his glory is what's chosen to dwell and reside in you as his holy temple, which is kind of an amazing thought to wrap your head around. Um, And we can also be secure in our inheritance. If Jesus faced troubles in this world, guess what?
2: Hey,
3: Hey.
1: we will too, right?
3: Whoever told you that you weren't was selling you something and it was a bad buy. It was a bad buy. Uh,
1: But as co-heirs with Christ, we can be sure that we share in his inheritance. What is that exactly? Like we hear that we're co-heirs with Christ, right? Well, that don't mean nothing to me unless I know what co-heirs means, right? Well, what does Jesus have that we don't have? Well, Jesus has peace in his relationship with the Father, right? And we inherit that from him. So we no longer are in amity, that's such a hard word to say, we're no longer in amity with the Father, um, but we have a peaceful relationship, and we inherit that uh, through Jesus' righteousness. Um, And co
2: (laughs) sorry. Go ahead. co is kind of like co-host in the show. We have part control uh, of the show, but you're most, since you're the host, you're most the one
1: who's doing the talking. Doing the talking. Okay. So we're co-heirs in Christ's mission, if I'm understanding you correctly. Okay? Like Christ has inherited the mission to um, spread the gospel to the earth, but he's now sitting at the right hand of the Father resting. He did his job, and we inherit that mission. We become co-laborers in in his mission, right? Okay, that's a very good point. Not even one that I had in here. That's good. Um, We... uh, As part of our inheritance, we know that God will fulfill his promises. Um, We talked before about we struggle in two ways, uh, trying to figure out whether or not God will fulfill his promises. First of all, can he and can God fulfill his promises? Yes. Most assuredly he can. Um, But the main area is will he do it for us? We're always sure he'll do it for everybody else. (laughs) Oh, yeah, God will show up for you. But when it comes to me, we get worried about whether or not he'll do it for us, right? Um, Here's a thing that is, like, my
3: biggest pet peeve is when um, we, we have friends. Well, I have friends. Lies. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I have certain friends that when we tell them, um, we, mean myself and um, a few others, uh, we'll tell them like, oh, this is what God has um, shown me, or this is what I heard God say. they will be like, it's so nice that God can speak to you that way. It's so nice that God speaks to you in that in that tone where it's like, it, I wish God
1: tell Jesus I said hello. Tell Jesus I said hello. Ah! ah! <laughs>
3: it's like he does. He does talk to, to you. He never. He never stops talking to you. He likes talking to you. He thinks that you're a good vibe to hang around. Right, right,
1: right, right, right.
3: The problem is you, my
1: friend. <laughs> right, 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 yes. So, so we know that he will do it. And now, now, for those people who are like, yeah, but I've never heard the Holy Spirit. I can't discern his voice. I don't recognize his voice. Okay, look, I promise you if you're saved, you've heard the Holy Spirit at least once when he called you. Okay? Like, he's spoken to you at least once, most assuredly, and he can and will do it again. Okay? But we know he can and will do it again because you have the gift of the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? And here's a trick as well. A lot of people, we
3: think of Holy Spirit as kind of like our translator or our mailman for our prayers, being like, okay, Holy Spirit, here's my letter send it to God, do all the edits that you need kind of thing and just right. whoosh, out it goes. But no, no. Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. Yeah. And so ask Holy Spirit directly. Holy Spirit, help me here. Holy Spirit, protect my heart because it's it's in our heart. You know? Activate it. Get it doing its job, you know? Sure. It's already doing its thing. It's our advocate. It's our advisor. It's The presence of God. It's the presence of God right here, and we're not using it, so use it. So, so
1: as a quick illustration, and and before we finish this, we'll probably end up going to commercial break because we're at that time. Um, But um, the Holy Spirit um, is a person of the Godhead, okay? So, I think that for whatever reason, when we call him Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, whatever, it seems a little creepy and, scary and... A little spooky. Right, a little spooky, but, but no, 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 this is God, okay, in you. And we know it's God in us because it, it's consistent with the visual um, that the Bible gives us with God's spirit. Think about um, when is, the nation of Israel was traveling through the desert, okay? The the spirit of God was with them at the pillar of cloud by day and the fire by night, right? And then um, in both the tabernacle and the temple, when God's Holy Spirit descends, you see it is either the cloud or the fire, depending on day or night, right? Okay. Inside the temple, they have the menorahs that are lit, and they're lit with fire indicating the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, it, it, it's not in the Bible. It's in the Apocrypha. But when we look at uh, Maccabees, and we're talking about, uh, you know, we just finished up with Hanukkah, right? Okay, the festival of light. Why did it matter that the menorah or that the, um, the oil lamp stayed lit? Because it indicated that the spirit of God was there. Now, take it to Jesus being baptized, descended upon him like a dove, okay? That whole cloud visual, okay? And then Pentecost, they're in a dark room. How does the Holy Spirit appear? Fire, fire. yes. The, the little tongues of fire above everyone's head. So it, it's the physical presence of the fullness of God. It, it's a big deal, okay? Um, so we've talked at length about how Jesus has fulfilled every covenant, but basically every promise that's available in the Bible is yours, unless it's one that is like, you know, um, dealing with a current condition. For example, uh, Naaman being healed in the River Jordan, okay? <laughs> Um, but if it's if it's a promise uh, to the nation of Israel or to the people of God, that that is for you, um, and it's fulfilled because Jesus fulfilled every covenant. So um, we're way past time. We're going to hop to commercial real quick, and then we will come back with just a little bit more teaching, and we'll talk about Bible study.
0: Hey, freedomist proof here. Just want to let everybody know that I have a trusted source for EMF protection so you can block out this 5G possibly from your cell phone or any other electronic devices go to groundwithgia.com and please check out the selection of products that you might need to help filter out all this electronic garbage that's going to get into your house into your life so most of us have cell phones except for me You're going to want to protect yourself. We all have Wi-Fi, and you definitely want to do something about this. Please check it out, groundwithgia.com. That's groundwithgia.com.
1: We all know that times are tough, and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes it's still great quality food but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it and leave that to marty.com now if you want to save a little extra today you can get twenty dollars off your first order by going to our facebook group for dynamic word bible studies and picking up a discount code there so check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out marty.com.
0: Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm.
3: It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food.
0: It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's stores. standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like that's the most common first box like complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. A box of produce every week. And it's more affordable at a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an
1: adventure every time that you open your box.
0: High quality produce. There's
1: nothing wrong. With and
0: they taste exactly the same, it's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like, but what, why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. <laughs> All right guys, welcome back to Dynamic Word
1: Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRozier, my two kids and co hosts.
2: Cross DeRosier, Mariah. Woo! And also special guest appearance from Pongo.
1: Yeah, who has been very, very happily snoozing when we were talking about Jesus this whole time. He's like a good boy. He is. So, um we wanna go over one more point of what our inheritance is. Um when we are co-heirs with Christ, and that was that while we are knee deep in battle here on earth, we know who wins the war, and the guy who wins the war is our dad. And that, my dad will beat up your dad. Right, right, right. That's the ultimate. my dad's going to beat up your dad. You know, and I don't understand. Like Satan didn't read the end of the Bible. Like he still thinks that he's got this going on. But um, like,
2: they didn't even read the Bible.
1: I mean, I don't know. Like. Anyway,
2: does he need to since he already knows about God?
3: I I've heard it where the, that Satan is trying to prolong his ending as long as possible. So he must know. Okay, his okay. I mean, you I know, because because Satan is not in hell; he dwells in hell. on the earth.
2: Right, know? right, right. God didn't
3: send him directly to hell. He sent him to Earth. Right, and so. He's, he knows the ending, and so he's trying to prolong it as sure. long as possible. That, that makes sense. That makes
1: sense. So basically, we know who wins, and the dude who wins is our dad. Okay? The
2: ultimate my dad can beat
1: dad. Right. And we can totally be secure in that fact. And that is really awesome because, like, I'm not going to lie, the world throws some really awful things at us. But um, if we look at our life in the scope of eternity – and being with the lord in heaven in eternity it makes everything seem a little bit more faceable okay now i'm not going to skip over something um i had in my notes to address um being uh, joining jesus in our suffering okay as as part of the condition here and um it's just a long topic, and I think we're just going to do that as our show next week. We'll talk about uh, joining Jesus in our suffering and exactly what that actually means in practice. It's so fun. Um, but I don't think that it's nearly as, like, crazy as we think it is. I think that people, like, really look at him hanging on the cross and going, I'm not willing to do that. That's crazy. Okay. And um, And while that does mean that for some people, like, you know. Peter. Peter. Yeah, like, you know, but I'm not Peter, like I'm not necessarily likely to end up in the cross. So what does that actually mean? I really want to give that um the time and so I think we're just gonna do that next show. Just know that there's this condition there and you wanna show up next show to be able to fully understand that. Um and
2: how that be works about right? there for a second. Peter was not reluctant to go to his cross. Uh he actually said that he's not worthy to die in the same way that Jesus Christ died mm-hmm. so they crucified him of now.
1: That's right. That's right. You know, I don't know how
2: hard that was to get the cross to go upside down.
1: I'm just Seriously. saying they're, that they're, was
3: really that was a great request that they fulfilled on their part, honestly, because they could have said no. They yeah, could
1: have. Very nice. They could have. Fine. Um, so here was my last point that I really wanted to make in the Bible study, and then I want to talk a little bit about um, New Year, New You stuff. Okay. Um, but uh, if knowing God and being indwelled by His holy and perfect. Spirit is not completely disruptive to our lives. Um, we really need to take a close look at what we actually believe. Like, do we really believe that Jesus is God? Who do we believe God is? What kind of what kind of um, obligation do I have to a God who created me and loves me and who has sacrificed His Son on the cross
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that I can be in heaven with him. Um, that should be full-on disruptive to whatever life that we were living before. Um, it should definitely dictate the choices that we make moving forward. And if it doesn't, there's something wrong with our belief system. Um, we may have God in a box that's too small for God to really exist in. We may not, <laughs> we may not be fully convinced of who God is in our lives. Um, we may not have really made him one of our lives uh if it's not absolutely being the thing that goes well what does god think about me doing this versus me doing this uh we're doing something wrong like deeply wrong so um that was our bible study I'm missing uh missing out on so much too yes yes we totally are missing out on so much when we're not submitted to the lord fully so um Let's talk just a little bit today about it's the first week of the new year. And what do, like, most people have goals for the new year, right, whether they're health goals or to read more books or to improve themselves.
2: Watching every education.
1: (laughs) Watching every education. Okay. Um, But uh, most people have a new goal. and, And a lot of times people have a spiritual goal. To get closer to God or to do Bible studies every day, and I want to address that, right? Um, because I really think that there are some some good ways to do that. So I don't want to I don't want to say this is how you Bible study. Um, much of what I'm going to share today is how I Bible study. Okay, how I've been. <laughs> I have a staring dog next to me that's super funny. Um, I hope it doesn't show up on the microphone, but he is very happy. Okay. (laughs) Hi, buddy. Uh, So this is a lot about how I Bible study personally. That doesn't mean it has to be the way that you Bible study personally. But if you're married, then sometimes when things are not going well for your marriage, you'll go to like a marriage counselor or to a marriage retreat, and you'll try to come up with some best practices that people who have successful marriages perform within their marriage, right? And maybe that is to go out on a date once a week um, to spend 10 to 20 minutes of uninterrupted time talking to your spouse, right?
3: Five-minute hug.
1: Right, right, right. All these things could definitely augment any relationship because they're good practices, right? And so now we're not going to say these are not hard, fast rules on how to have a relationship with God, but they're good practices that just like uh, uh, a bonus information that you could pick up at a marriage retreat might be able to augment your relationship with your spouse. Uh, This may be able to augment your relationship with the Lord. Um, So the first one is, of course, you're going to hear this everywhere, right? Get into the word daily. Okay, but I'm going to tell you I have some tricks about this, okay? First of all, uh, what does everybody say? When's When's the right time of day to do this? In the morning. Everyone always says in the morning, right? Okay, y'all, I'm not a morning person. I'm, Neither am I. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be straight up with you. Um, when I say I'm a night owl, this doesn't mean that I just like to stay up late. Okay? The, I, I'm better at night. I am much more alert mentally, engaged mentally, after about 6 p.m. than any other time during the day. Um, and usually
2: at 4 p.m.
1: Usually at 4 p.m. Well, you're a kid, so you go to bed a little earlier. So. So, really, that evening time is my most engaged. What I will say is, if you're not a morning person like me, I have a trick for you. Um, And that is, obviously, if you want to spend time in the Word every day, you need to schedule time to do that, okay? Um, And make that time undisturbed and uninterrupted, which can be a little harder to do at night. But it's still a good idea to start off the day with some sort of connection to God think of it this way if you live with your spouse and you were like i'm not really a morning person and so you would get up in the morning and they would get up you would fix breakfast you would you know go about your day you would get ready and you never acknowledged your spouse or spoke to them how do you think that would build your relationship not, not well right okay So maybe you're not a morning person, but a quick hello and a quick hug would be a good way to greet your spouse in the morning, even if you're not a morning person. So um, I still suggest starting your day off with some worship and prayer, even if you're not going to do your full Bible study in the morning. Um, But get in the Word every day. Another great practice is sometimes if I do want to do my Bible study in the morning, I'm fatigued. And for me, I'm a little ADHD. So if I'm fatigued, that generally means that my mind is going elsewhere, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A good trick is I have the YouVersion Bible app in my phone, and I will turn on the audio so that the Bible's reading to me and I'm following along. This really keeps me from getting distracted. (laughs) Um, It's a good way, right? (laughs) Cross does the same thing apparently. Um, I think I actually suggested that to you at one point. Because they, it really does help. It does. It does. Because it engages all of your senses on a deeper level. Um, so now your ears are part of the process. You're reading along and your eyes are part of the process. If you point to the word on the page, now your finger, you're physically part of the process. You're just more present and attuned. Um, do you do anything to help you with getting into the word every day, Mariah? sheer will and determination. Okay, you are uh, so much cooler
3: than I am. No,
1: it doesn't <laughs> go well. No, that doesn't go well no. for you.
3: Something I used to do was I would set a timer. And I'm not saying like, "Oh, you need to set a timer for the Lord." But it it at least helps me know like, "Okay, 5 minutes. I can do 5 minutes."
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But then every now and then I'll extend the time be like 10 minutes. I can do 10 minutes, 15, I can do 15. And then after 15, it's a free-for-all because at that point, after 15 minutes, I'm engaged.
2: Sure, And sure.
3: so it's like if I go beyond that, sweet. If I don't, I had 15 minutes of undivided attention with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not that bad. It's just 15 minutes.
1: Right, right, right. I think that we all think that we're too busy um, is what you're trying to say when you say it's not that bad. Because it's actually a really good thing, right? It's a really great thing to be engaged with the Lord. Um, and and it, you have the time. Mm-hmm.
3: And, and I, I will admit for my own sake, I, I have stopped doing that, and I need to get back into it. So mm-hmm. anybody who's like, oh, well, she's just really good at that. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a habit. you got to build it
1: up. And I let it drop. But Well, I set, yeah. I set timers. I, I, I do not do that right now. Um, and the reason I do not do that right now is because my Bible study looks a little bit weird. Right now I work during the time I would normally Bible study, which is like early afternoon. But your Bible study is like during your work, too. All day. Right, right, right. So I'll actually pack up all my Bible gear. And while I'm at work, I do, um, I do delivery right now. And I have a lot of time where I'm waiting for my car to be loaded um, or waiting in parking lots. So half hour chunks, 20 minute chunks of time. And I will take two or three of those a day and spend them doing Bible study. And it's actually, I got to say, it, it makes my job so much more pleasant. It, it creates this really rich time that I have with the Lord. Um, and, of course, when I'm doing my driving, I, I spend my time listening to, um, first, worship music, and, secondly, it's been Christian music so It's going to build me up. Um, and so that, God bless you. Thank you. you. Um, I don't think, and and I want to say really quick, I think it's really important to say that um, Christian culture can sometimes be disruptive to our walk with God because if we say we listen to all Christian music and we watch Christian TV programming, which I understand is actually quite rare, right? Probably, right. I was about to say, but I think the three people in this room, we, we really are engaged with that Christian culture. We don't spend a lot of time watching things. Um, Outside of that, you know, I was sharing with my friends like
3: YouTube and Spotify. They do like a, this is the genre of music you've listened to for the past year, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was ninety eight percent Christian music, mm-hmm. and then the rest, the two percent was pop.
1: That's funny. It's like ooh, yeah, but but that's but there's, but there's a good element to that. The one concern I have is that a lot of times we Engage in Christian culture thinking that we're bringing good things into our mind, but we forget to engage with God himself. Do you see what I'm saying? And so we can almost trick ourselves into feeling full, but we're really feeling full off the scraps of the, um, A well, it, it's the scraps of the bounty of someone else's relationship with God. Mm. Does that make sense? Um, and we want to be able to pursue that on our own. Yeah. So, um, so don't drop that daily time with God in prayer in worship and in the Word. now I've got to tell you something this is embarrassing to tell and I'm going to tell the whole world now okay are you ready okay when I first became a Christian and started doing Bible study time um, and it was inconsistent and sporadic and throughout the day and whatever and I was reading the Bible for the first time it never dawned on me that before I do I should enter into worship and prayer This sounds really dumb, but I approach the Bible as a normal book. And when you read a normal book, you don't pray to the author of the book to show you things within the book. It it never occurred to me that before I enter into this, I should engage with the Holy Spirit and engage with the presence of the Lord. Um, If you're not doing that, you don't have to, like, you know, you, you don't have to tell the world that. But I'm just saying, it is a whole game-changing type of thing if before you enter into, you know, I, I, feel like I'm in, I, I feel like I'm in a modality of worship most of the day. I'm always worshiping the Lord in music. I'm in prayer a lot. But really, before you go to the word, pray. Thank the Lord that you have access to the word. Not everyone has always had access. Not everyone has access now. Thank the Lord that he's going to speak something powerful to you. Ask him to show you uh, what he wants you to know out of the Bible and push through. Sometimes those daily word uh, studies are not super exciting. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you're like, okay, I did my 15 minutes of Bible study. I read my chapter. Like let's be honest, okay? Okay and And maybe that day you're tired and you're not open to receiving or you're just hurting and and you're not getting something profound. And other days, you open up the Bible and it's like concepts pop into your face, like popcorn off the page and and like you just feel the presence of the Lord, and He's speaking to you in powerful ways. Oh my God, I missed this right. But it's the same with any relationship, you know i I live with these two amazing young people, and I'm pretty sure that there are some days when they see me and they're like, oh, my mom, yay. And other days they're like, hey, mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> not every day in every relationship's going to be the same. That's true with the Lord as well. Let's talk about Bible journaling. Um, there's lots of different ways to journal. And I hear a lot of people saying, I don't like paper. I don't like journaling. And I'm going to tell you, I am your girl. Like, I never kept journals until I'm going to say what, like maybe two years ago, two and a half years ago, beginning of COVID. Beginning of COVID, I had nothing but time on my hands. I was doing some some very intensive Bible study, and it required me to keep journal, which just made me want to cut myself. I do not like keeping journals, okay? <coughs> um, which is super funny because now I have a collection of journals. uh um, huh? I love doing. It. You love it. What do you love about it?
3: What I enjoy is um, first of all like I when it's complete seem like I did it okay um, but then I like when they're all in a row in their timeline and I can see all of the different things God did God did through me mm-hmm. because when I look back it's like whoa now that I have the knowledge that I have now a few years later seeing my younger self and the response from it mm-hmm. was it's like well, you can see like the little tiny things God did in my life to get me to the point that I am today through that one prayer and that piece of paper. Um, I actually found my old retreat journal from when I traveled and I was looking back and, and I remember I wrote down a, um, a response that I heard from God and I was like, whoa, the thing that I thought God was speaking into was totally not it at all, but seeing where it, where I am now was like, whoa, This is so cool. I got a little glimpse into the future, and, like, it's so cool. Okay. It's cool. It's like a timeline of history that I keep. It's my own record of my own history,
1: my own story. We are so different, I think that's fantastic. Love you. I love you, too. I have journals. I can honestly say I've never looked back on my journals unless I needed to pull from a teaching that I did. I mean, yeah, and that's really cool, too. Okay. (laughs) That's kind of nice when you've already done the work. And in the front of my journals, you know, when I die, you guys want to look through these, okay? Um, A lot of times I'll have the dates that were um, when I was keeping the journals, and it also includes um, all the sermons from Wednesdays and Sundays that I've gone to church and stuff like that, Um, sermons that I've watched online, things of that nature, any notes that I've taken there. Um, But if there are teachings, all of my journals are numbered by page, so you can actually find them, and I'll have a record. I'll write as like a table of contents in the front of the journal. So traditional journey, journaling is really, really hard for me, and I remember having a friend who was trying to learn how to journal, and she showed me a journal that she did from one paragraph out of the Bible, and it was literally five pages long, and I was like, and she, and she was telling me that with her kids, she was having a really, really hard time being able to journal every day. I'm like, well, no wonder. Like, that's just so much. Oh, my goodness. And I'm glad that God is sharing all that with you, but that's like three weeks' worth of journaling, not like one day, Right. So a um, couple of different ideas. If you are artistic and you're looking for ways to connect with God in a different way, check out Bible Art Journaling. I do it sometimes. I don't do it a lot because um, I get in the mood to be artistic, but I'm not a predominantly art- artistic personality. I guess, my idea. Um, <laughs> but if you are that person, like I have seen some beautiful pieces of art created by people who were journaling through their Bible through art. And that's a really legitimate way to do it. Um, verse mapping. There, is, there was a trend for a little while. I don't know if it's a big deal anymore. My dog is snoring still. Um, of, of verse mapping. And it is a much more in-depth way of looking at things. I use verse mapping a lot when I am trying to understand something and I don't feel like I have a full understanding. if you ever read a verse and you're like, do I really understand what this means? Verse mapping is a really great way to do that. Um, You'll look up the verse in various different translations. I'll look it up in the original Greek or Hebrew that it was written in or Aramaic um, to get an idea of what the individual words were defined as in the context. Um, And uh, so God can reveal things that way as well. Uh, The way that I use for journaling most frequently is something we call the SOAP method, called life journaling. Um, I was introduced to this method probably when I was about 23, 24, and it's it's over my lifetime been the method I have implemented the most. It pushes it very much, too. So I'm going to tell you why. is because most pastors that I know, that's actually how they develop their sermons. And that is for me, mm-hmm. in fact, how I develop my Bible study. So um SOAP is an acronym, okay, and it stands for certain words. Okay. So I make I make cross and Caitlin do it. Right. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So the add and the application is where you put your three questions on the Yes the thing. Yes, yes. yes. So um So the S is for scripture. You may read an entire chapter that day, but one scripture um, will leap out at you. If it's one or two scriptures, I'll usually write it into my journal. If it's more than that, I'll usually just put the scripture reference. It's okay. You don't have to spend all of your time rewriting God's word. It's there for your reference. Um, O is observation. What is God showing you about this particular verse? So, um, you know, in our Bible study today, we were studying Romans. Uh, chapter 8, verse 9 through 17, um, my observation was that we can feel secure in our salvation and our future with God, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so all the things that were in the notes were the observation, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, in the end, we talked about what this means to me. And what this means to me is, A, that's the application. How do I apply this truth to my life, right? And then I don't know, do <laughs> you and then and then p is prayer, and this is where you go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to help you to apply those things to your life um and yes, in the application, that's where you would come up with your questions to answer about it, like, um, you know, how am I applying this, how am I doing this, that, or the other um I also suggest reading whole sections or stories or books of the Bible in one sitting, yeah, not not like at once, but like decide you're going to read the Gospel of John and read the whole Gospel of John. You know, um, not in one sitting. Not in one sitting. That's going to take you a couple weeks, yeah. at least. Um, but in
2: one sitting, make the decision.
1: Right, right, right. What I'm saying is I, I don't like jumping around. Some people jump around. I like reading whole books at a time. Um, the only time I will jump around is in like first and second chronicles, uh, for example, Leviticus, De- Deuteronomy. Um, those those are really lists of chronologies sometimes um, or lists of laws. And I will add those in as a um, as a secondary scripture that I'm reading. While I'm reading something that is um, more a hist- interesting, well, I'm going to say a historical story or a wisdom book or something of that nature. I I, I would say this is that like I've heard stories of, of um, different cultures that get really excited about things like 1st um, and 2nd Chronicles because their culture is very based on geneal- genealogy because we're so detached to that. It's It's important to know, and sometimes you'll find some cool gems in there, um, but it it may not be the most engaging part of the Bible for you. Um, Good resources to help, and then we're going to cut to commercial break. We're a little behind on that again. Um, I use Bible Hub like it is going out of style. Bible Hub. Okay, so. It's really good
3: at answering all the questions, translations that you would have right then
1: and there. Right. So you can pull up parallel translations. Um, and a lot of people would pull up something that they're accustomed to with a new translation Let's say you're reading an English Standard Version and You're like what did the King James Version say mm-hmm. about this, but I like to use it to um, Reference ancient languages that I don't fully understand um, oh, yeah, So Greek Bible. or Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, use Bible hub like it's going out of style. Go ahead.
3: I also like the app It's not really an app. It's a website mm-hmm. called GotQuestions.org. questions.org. It's about yeah, question you- answered. I love that. Yeah Yes, yes. Um, they do their best to always reference the Bible for every answer. Mm -hmm. So you type in your question and then they'll have like, oh, like this is as close to the answers we can get. Here's our biblical references and here's explained why. Right. And it's very, very accurate. It's awesome.
1: So here's the thing. Um, I'm going to say with gotquestions.com, which I do use that, or is it .org? I think it's .org. 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 Um, So with gotquestions.org, Um, or with any Bible commentary out there, and there's a ton of them, and, yes, I use Bible commentary sometimes, um, I'm going to stress that it's really important to – Oh, they do have an app. Oh, very cool. It's very important to know the the perspective theologically that the person that you are reading is coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, if somebody is – Um, a predestinationist and someone is not, or you're one or the other, and you're reading something from someone, it 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 may um, cause some discomfort with your current theological standpoint. Just understand that that is typical. There are several things that we just, we don't know um, for sure, for sure, or there are some theological debate out there about certain things. Um, So, know the perspective of the person that you are reading. Um, So, uh, one of the commentaries I use predominantly um, actually comes from a professor of mine who I studied under, and he was the head of the theology wing of, of our denomination. So, that's one of the ways that I really am just looking to make sure that my theology is lining up soundly with what is the established theology for my church um at the time you see what i'm saying that doesn't necessarily mean i agree with him on everything um but it does give me a point of reference so if you're going to be using commentaries or gotquestions.org it is important to bear in mind that someone may have a different theological point of view than you do um you version of the bible there's lots of really great bible studies available on there um i love that the fact that i can have the bible read to me and that just keeps me on task that is super duper awesome Cross's favorite, what is it? Bible Project. Bible Project. They have an app. Uh, they have a website. They have amazing videos. They're on YouTube. Yes. Um, really, really great stuff. They um, have like the
2: art, and they explain the Bible in a way that all ages
1: can understand. Well, because
3: he studied the Hebrew and Greek.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So he
3: knows what each word means,
2: and it's so cool. Yeah, so if you're a history nerd, this is for you. And that's yeah. how I get all of my knowledge on the Hebrew word. His Bible
1: project. Yeah. So he spends copious amounts of time on Bible projects. So um really, really great stuff. Again, like I said, you know, you're you're very rarely gonna find a resource that you one hundred percent of the time agree with one hundred percent of what they say. <laughs> um, but there's but there's good resources out there. And I really like Alice Beta. Um, this is very similar to the oh. Bible project. <laughs> it was cool, right? Um It is an app that you can pay for, and Alif is actually kind of like Bible Project, but just for um, the Torah and the Old Testament and for it's, its Jewish scholars, basically. So if you're studying the Old Testament and you're interested in how the Old Testament might relate to the New Testament, you're going to get a thorough understanding of how Jews uh, would be this story in the Old Testament and how it would apply to their lives, of course, you have to do that extra footwork to get Jesus in there because this is uh, written by uh, Jewish believers and not Messianic Jews. So any other resources out there that you guys want to mention that you think would help people? Um, Action Bible.
3: Nothing hidden ministry.
1: Cross like the Action Bible. It's
2: kind of like a comic book Bible with really great uh, cartoons. And uh, it's really good for kids.
1: Super engaging, right?
2: Yeah, it's like 9 through 13-ish.
1: Okay. And
3: then what was that resource you had there, Maria? It's called Nothing Hidden Ministry. It You, you have to pay, like, I think it's a dollar. But it's an app, and it has different prayers that you can pray, like breaking soul ties, um, breaking vows and curses, um, generational prayers. And then when you click on them, it gives you fill in the blanks and like how to pray out okay. all of this stuff, and it's really good. I used this when I was in youth with a mission. They also have marriage tools um ideas for going deeper um ceremony of living commitment
2: um
3: they have a blog and a lot of good stuff
1: okay so and that that seems to be um a, a lot of deliverance ministry type stuff. It's really good there. okay i I've actually never heard of that. Is that an app?
3: It's an app, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, sh- I'll, so, show, I'll show So uh, I'm going to recommend that for anybody who um, really needs to focus on deliverance. Um, maybe you've, you've been involved or your family members have been involved in some some stuff that, you know, has gone pretty deep. Maybe you want to look at that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we're going to break for a minute. We're going to do our commercials. We're going to come back, ask some questions. And then we will wrap up the show. Here we go.
0: Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm.
3: It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food.
0: It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks and we deliver it to people's doors. Beauty standards for an apple. This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with and they taste exactly the same, it's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like, but what why wouldn't you do... Why wouldn't you do... Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce.
1: We all know that times are tough... And things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off and it's also a great way to support our show and keep those landfills light and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out
0: marty.com. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You purchase from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly earn free Bitcoin while you shop.
1: All right, well, welcome to our studio for Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where Mom's Bedroom bedroom becomes a radio
0: studio for a
1: day. (laughs) We're back, and we're ready for our Q&A section of our Bible study. If you would like to talk to us, our guest caller number today is 319-527-6208. That's 319-527-6208. You just press 1, and it'll let us know that you are here and wanting to talk to us. Also, the chat room is open and available. If you are online and joining us that way, feel free to uh, post any questions, comments, or answers into the chat. We'll share it live. Um, So here we go. Uh, Questions. We have all had times that we questioned the the authenticity of our faith. What can cause us to feel like we lack a genuine faith walk? That was a mouthful. Okay, so we all have times that we question our authenticity in our faith, right? can cause us to feel like we lack a genuine faith law. Other people
3: oh I'm not hearing
1: the Lord right. Okay, explain hold on, let's do this one real quick and then you explain that a little further. Other people, tell me why why do other people make us feel that way? Is it because like they're
2: taking casts out, make us think that our God is unjust or unfair.
1: Yes um other people could lead us astray like that um other people can sometimes call us into question our own character right I've, I've had man it's tough um do you ever have a disagreement with a christian wow sometimes they can make you feel pretty bad right a lot of times they'll uh bring in scripture and they'll, they'll say that you're unrighteous you're unholy you know there's something wrong with you
0: mm-hmm.
1: right uh, um instead of uh addressing with gentleness and love right Okay, so tell me a little bit about what you were saying there, Maria. Um, If I'm like, oh,
3: well, this this is probably the right thing to do. I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And you do it, and it was very much the wrong thing. Error, error, wrong, 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 stop. (laughs) (laughs) Rewind. And it's like, I'm a
2: failure.
3: Why didn't I hear that right? I'm so sorry. I must have done it in my own volition, in my own will, and it's, like everything is fake. I
1: did everything wrong.
3: Ah! For
1: for me, it's always it's always a misstep. It's always a sin. It's always the way that my and 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 because I'm so old, <laughs> I'm ancient over here. No, uh, it, it, I'm just I'm just more mature in my Christian walk. I've been walking with Christ for a while. Um, their internal struggles.
2: Um,
1: mm-hmm. a, a lot of time I've gotten past a lot of the point where you're having like this this physically visible sin that everyone can see. Um and, and you move on to these more finessed, uh, internal sin struggles about the way that you think and the and the way that um you perceive others in the world around you and um and you go, like, am I really being changed by the living God or am I just behaving well now? Right. You know what I mean? Um So I think that can be the thing that that really makes me question is just my own sin nature. I still dwell in the flesh, and I don't always have control over that, Um, at least not the self-control that I feel like I should. Why is it difficult to live in the constant understanding that heaven and the spiritual realm is ultimately more real, more permanent, and eternal, and our circumstances are temporary? Wow. Again, long, ago, long Long yeah. question. Okay. Why is it difficult to live in the constant understanding that heaven in the spiritual realm is ultimately more real, more permanent, and eternal, and our circumstances are temporary?
3: I think it's because all of that is outside of time, space, and logic. And so it's not even in our own realm of understanding. It's not something we can see. It's not something we can touch. It's um, constantly an act of jumping off a cliff in faith. And, like, as you mature, you can see, like, spiritual warfare. But it it takes, like, training my eyes to see it Mm -hmm. and being like, oh, yeah, that was spiritual warfare. Being like, I hope it was because that was wackadoodle. <laughs> because like I've even told my friend, she she, when I was um, mentoring her, and um, she has now moved and grown in herself. But she came back and, t- and she was telling me, yeah. At first, I didn't understand when you were talking about spiritual warfare or like living outside of the now, because and how it didn't make sense. But now that I've done it on my own. It doesn't make sense. It's outside of my realm of understanding and logic, but I know it's there.
1: Right. I think. I think that really we're we're inundated. We're like fish swimming in the water of our fish temporary cirum- circumstances. Live in a fishbowl. Um. And so. About the ocean. Right. 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 Like we're we're these fish swimming in this in this like pool of our temporary circumstances, and we're surrounded by it, and it touches us. And we see it and we feel it. And so it's very easy to see that. Um, But if we're not practicing consistent presence of God and his reality, it can be really hard to reach into those circumstances, if that makes sense, Um, even though it's the thing that stays forever and ever and ever. Amen. Um, What evidence can we have of the presence of the Holy Spirit within us? This is an easy one the tidings. what evidence can we have of the Holy Spirit within us? What do you think guys um,
3: it's probably not the answer you're looking for, but for me, it's just like the affirmation the the a uh, affirm the, the, the word i i did it no <laughs> it's not that okay well maybe i I don't know it's um When I know I I heard right or, like, when I get, when I. The confirmation. There it is, that that thing.
1: The confirmation that you heard correctly, okay. Um,
3: That I heard correctly. And And it
1: wasn't just eating pizza
3: before bed. Right. Gotcha. It's so cool. It happened yesterday. It was really cool. I was like, it's so nice when I know I heard you the right way.
1: Well, and it happened today, too, because you were talking about how yesterday you had a full-on conversation about, the exact same topic of the radio show today, which prepared you for it, and I didn't share the notes or the topic with you. That
2: happened last night too.
1: I ate a slice of pizza before bed. <laughs> That's true. You That's so did eat a slice of pizza before bed. So, um, so to make it really clear and quick, what we can hear from the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can feel His presence, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes He gives us dreams and visions. Um, But I think that for most people who are just starting out, if you don't know how to um, find evidence of the Holy Spirit, like, really just tap into worship and feel the presence of God, um, and that will give you a good idea of it. Um, What does joining Jesus in his – oh, you know what? We didn't go over this part. We'll save that question for next week. Um, what does it mean that our faith should be disruptive to our lives and how do we walk that out? Excuse me. Um,
3: biggest one that I don't do, which I should, is when um I'm like at a gas station or something and somebody and I get the inclination or the need to talk to someone Mm -hmm. being like, Hey, how's it going? Um, cause usually when I did do that, I would get the whole life story of that person. And it's like, I just don't have time for that. But how rude would it be if God asked us how we're doing and we're like, we're, I'm not okay. And God's like, I don't have time for that.
1: Right, 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 right. Like
3: we, we are the closest thing to Jesus that some people will ever meet. And that's oof the conviction. Owie. Um, <laughs> That wasn't an ouch, that was an owie. Um, but, yeah, because it's disruptive to my life, you know, being like, I've got things to do, I've got to go. But if God can, like, pause time for
1: Joshua, he can do it for me if I'm busy. Right, 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 right. He can make everything work.
2: Yeah. And a
1: half-hour conversation ends up only taking ten minutes <clears throat> on the clock. It's the weirdest thing, right? Yeah. Um. For me, I always think to myself that uh, it should be ultimately disruptive. Like, oh, you're asking? Uh, my bad. Well, no, no. I think that was a good example. Like that, it it should disrupt your daily activities. Um, for for me, it, it's really, really, really come out in being disruptive in my life plan. Is it? So it's, it's almost uh, a yeah. weighted question when it says, you know, what does it mean that faith should be disruptive to our lives well my life no longer belongs to me It's ultimately disruptive um my my plans should look completely different um and a lot of times they have um my dreams should be completely different i was actually even just thinking a while ago i was a, a public speaker for a while and i had my heart set on becoming the world champion of public speaking it sounds really ridiculous but it's a, a speech contest it's available I I had competed in it for years, and I had gotten to um, district competitions, which meant that I had flown through various levels of competition and won, and um, I was really crafting myself as that. And then one day, I just realized that what I really wanted to speak about was not me. I really wanted to speak about Jesus, and that would pull me out of a place where I was competitive for that competition. Um, And... So that dream will never be realized for me um, because the the presence of the Holy Spirit, the call of Jesus, and and being a co-heir, as you mentioned earlier, Carl, um, has disrupted what was my life. And now I want to use whatever gifting, talents, and time I have for the work of the Lord and for God. Um, well, to me, it sounds like your dream just got an upgrade. It did. It did. You know, but but by worldly standards, like there's no longer a trophy attached to it. There's no title attached to it. I'm not here, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 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 no praise attached to it. Um, you know, and 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 you spend a lot of time thinking to yourself, does what I do even really matter? Because uh, we're we are used to attaching
3: our, our value and our effort.
1: yes, our value and the worth of our efforts to the um approval of men hello, yeah, like this is it's like this is deep stuff this is hard to do. Um, yes, thank you for pointing out my son is keeping me on time today because I haven't been running on time at all. Um, but yeah, we are on
3: God's time, it's different
1: <laughs> we, we do have to detach ourselves from that expectation that we're going to get any kind of accolades. You know what I mean? Any kind of um, praise from mankind for what we're doing for the Lord. Uh, And that can be really, really tough, too. Uh, There's a lot of releasing involved in it um, and a lot of realigning ourselves with the Lord and what his calling is. Anybody want to add anything before we sign off today?
2: Nope.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today for our Bible study. I hope that you got something out of it. If you enjoyed um, us teaching you how we do Bible study, because because clearly we do, um, we at least get a full teaching out every week, right? We're doing something. Um, let us know if there was anything that you learned from us today. Let us know. Uh, we hope that you have a blessed week. Uh, Lord God, I thank you, and I ask your presence to be with every single person who listened to our broadcast today, and uh, that includes us, Lord. Let your presence be alive and uh, active in us, Lord. Show us what you want us to see and show us who you want us to minister love and um, your joy and your presence to in the coming week. And give us the story of a lifetime to share a reason for the faith that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us today. Have a blessed week. Amen. Amen. Bye.